0: tuesday no wednesday right i get lost i forget my bloody days i hope everybody's had a great day you're back home now you're relaxing or you might even be working i have friends right now fans of the show and friends right now that are working and uh more power to you you know work and listen to me uh tonight is going to be just a head a heads up for everybody right away uh tonight's going to be a phone-in show so uh mr green will be via the phone so that means you can just put me off to the side and do whatever you're doing, having dinner or whatever. You don't have to look at me. I'll be running a uh, graphic of, of Mr. Marine up on the screen. Okay. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you think you have a paranormal paranormal problem, we can get we can get to you. It might take us a while. California is a big state. Believe me. But uh, we will get there, and if we can't get there in time, we have we we have mediums on staff who can phone you and talk to you about what's going on in the home or business, and and, and, and in most cases settle things down until we do get out there. Okay, that being said, tonight if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you hear. Please be sure to hit those like buttons and those thumbs up and the hearts and all that good stuff. Because what that does is it, is it puts us higher in the algorithm so more people see us. I think it's working because I'm seeing a lot more views and stuff on this stuff. I'm also seeing a lot more um, downloads and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, just hit those hit those happy faces, hit those hearts, show, show me some love. Also, if you haven't done so already and, and you you like what you hear tonight, please be sure to follow. If you're watching from Facebook, that would be great. Just like YouTube, if you like what you see and uh, you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. We've got over 581 videos sitting over there; might even be up to 600 now. And uh, they're all different topics, all different paranormal topics, all different uh, other kinds of topics as well. I'm a jo- I'm a journalist, photojournalist, so I hate covering the same thing all the time. I like to have a little you know a little change. So you'll see a bunch of videos over there of just different topics to, pra- to, 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 to go through what i'm doing is i'm in the process and i'll be done probably by tomorrow of of putting them in categories so it'll be a lot easier for you guys to look up so in other words you know if you want to look up something exciting with mr breen you're going to look up under ghosts and hauntings right so you just go in there and just look through the ghosts and haunting files that'll make it a lot easier for you guys to find them on on the page i'm also very active on the youtube community page i put uh I put uh, image polls over there. Um, I've got a paranormal question of the day over there. So it's all interactive. Everything's interactive. So uh, if you want to come and hang out, that's cool. I hang out over there. I've also got a California Haunts Paranormal Team Discord that I'll start putting the link up for. And after hours, you guys can come over and hang out over there. Another announcement is the Patreon page. We have a California Haunts uh, Patreon page, California Haunts Radio. And uh, we got some real nice offer over there. You guys should go over and check it out. Okay? anyway mr breen has been on the show before and he is called the paranormal psychologist i think it's the the paranormal travel psychologist and he's done a lot of work on people that are out traveling and running a ghost which could be truckers or anybody that's on the road a lot or somebody that's on vacation you know and you end up staying in a hotel and they don't tell you that the place is haunted and surprise surprise in the middle of the night you get a visitor right Happens all the time. Happens all the time to paranormal investigators. I mean, we go to haunted hotels on purpose just so we can stay in the haunted rooms. You know, some people do that stuff. Anyway, he has a lot of stories about that. And that's what we're going to talk to him about tonight are, are his stories about those. And uh, I, th- I think you're going to like him. So like I said, this is a telephone interview. Let me click over here real quick. Let's see who's in the Hello, Marisa. This is a telephone interview tonight. So um, we're going to be gearing towards that. So let me call him. And I've, I've done a couple things with the phone here and I'm running a test tonight because the last couple times I did this because I, I have changed the position of, of, where the, of, where the, of where the main mic for the show is. And so I'm always picking up the other mic because I don't know why, but I am. But so I decided to do something different tonight. So we'll see how that works, you know, how that goes. So let me get a hold of Mr. Breen and uh, we'll get the show going. We'll get the party started. And I did get some WD-40, so this should go away at some point. Okay, Mr. Breen, Mr. Breen, Mr. Breen. Doo, 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 doo. Okay, here we go. Call. Oh. Hello. Hi, good evening. Hello. How are you? Hello. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Should I turn off Facebook or do I leave it on? You can turn it off. Yeah. Okay. It's all good. All right, good. So you can hear me
1: really
0: well? Now. Yes, sir. Okay, by the way, I'm Brian White like Brian. Oh Brian, okay. All right. I'm sorry. Okay, so we're we're good to go. Yeah. Let me get this going here. I always tend to mess up names. That's my MO. <laughs> I want you definitely to talk into your uh microphone. So okay, I'll hear you better. Okay. Do you hear me all right now?
1: Not as well. It sounds like you're far away from
0: your microphone. Okay, how's that sound? That's better. Okay. Okay, I'll try to talk a little louder for you. Okay. Yeah,
1: please. Okay. Please do that.
0: Fantastic. So you've been on the show before, sir. Tell us about you.
1: Well, um, I started out as a geeky, nerdy kind of a high school student who was good in all the sciences and math and languages and uh i thought i was going to be on my way to becoming a chemical engineer Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and uh that got old after one year at carnegie mellon and i came to temple university and studied psychology and a couple of other languages and uh so i was on my way to becoming a clinical psychologist and then i thought to myself well is that really what i want to do and i thought about it some more, and I thought, you know, I've been bitten by the travel bug, Mm -hmm. so I'll be the first person in the world to study the psychology of travel, which nobody had ever heard of. And so I got accepted to a PhD program in social psychology at the University of Hawaii, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to go to the University of Hawaii and do my PhD in social psychology but I'm also going to study the psychology of travel because that was really my passion. And then after that, I've had four or five decades of interviewing people all over the world for the purpose of learning what the psychology of travel was all about. My theory was, why don't I ask people? So I interviewed upwards to a couple of thousand people. I likened myself to kind of like Forrest Gump uh-huh. because I went all over the world <laughs> interviewing people Recording their stories, and now for the last bunch of years, I've been writing a couple of series of books uh, which we can talk about when that's appropriate.
0: Sure, so tell me how you know, t- tell me what it's like to collect these stories. Is it really difficult or no?
1: Okay, Uh, I, again, I would like you to get really close to okay. that microphone. Okay. It be much better for me. All
0: right, so tell me what it's like to uh, collect these stories. Is it difficult or not?
1: I um, first had a kind of a larger portable tape recorder, and I found people who were willing to be interviewed, and I made them promise I'll be right back. I'll go get this tape recorder, and then years later, all I have to have is my iPhone with me. And I can record a story on the spot. So I found people on buses, trains, airplanes, ships, campgrounds, uh, wherever I could find them. Sat them down and uh, started out by asking them, what kind of interesting experiences have you had? What a good way to start. And by and large, a percentage, something like, oh, I'd say like 5% of the people said, I've got a really interesting paranormal or psychic or UFO story to tell you. So a very small percentage, but plenty of people Mm -hmm. have shared with me all kinds of experiences that they're not normally sharing with other people. So I feel pretty good about that. I think I uh, made people feel comfortable in uh, really uh, opening up their hearts and souls to talk about what's happened to them.
0: Is there a common thread in these stories? Is there, you know, is there, are there, is there certain stories that you get more so of others, like from truckers or anybody else like that?
1: They run it all across, all across the gamut. For example, I'm looking at an index that I created, uh, an appendix of of my recent book on uh, travel tales, ghost encounters, and I have from A to Z. Everything that I thought was related more or less to paranormal, not so much alien type stuff, mm-hmm. but that's certainly included. I'll give you an example. Pick a letter, any letter of the alphabet.
0: How about um F.
1: Which one? S? F. Okay. Yeah. As in straying nurse, yeah. seances, shadow people. There you go. Shaking beds, sirens, <laughs> smells and odors. Spirit boxes, spirit boards, spirit possessions, spirits and seances. That's just S. for example. Right now I must have 50 or 60 little subtopics. Wow. the, The paranormal.
0: That's incredible. And what type of stories do people tell you? I mean, is it from staying in a hotel and running into... You know a ghost or is it is stuff on the road like, like like the truckers will tell stories
1: you know there's everywhere where i could find people for example i would take uh, a trip with uh, my cousin who has a small pleasure boat and we would hit some of the outer islands in the seattle area for example san juan island and there's a hotel on there called hotel de haro and i had the feeling when I first approached the hotel as I have with several other places with this feeling to myself thinking, this place is haunted, you know, it just had something about it that struck a nerve. And so I actually, in this case, walked up to the hotel, walked into the lobby, told a few people working behind the counter, I'm a paranormal psychologist. I interview people for interesting things. Tell me, do you have any interesting stories about this hotel? And boy, I struck pay dirt on that one and uh, wound up interviewing on that particular trip, the uh, night manager security person in charge of the whole hotel. So over three visits to that hotel, I managed to record some interesting uh, experiences of guests, Mm -hmm. people who worked at the hotel, And uh, so the Hotel de Haro became one of about a dozen other hotels uh, where I visited, talked to people or interviewed people who shared their experience about these hotels.
0: Which hotel sounds out more to you?
1: Well, I have to tell you, one hotel really caught my attention in uh, port Townsend, washington which is about an hour from where i live Mm -hmm. Uh, i'd heard that people had some stories about this hotel but i recently interviewed a woman who went there with her husband and they are paranormal researchers they're ghost hunters so to speak Mm -hmm. they knew about this hotel so they went there and uh, so they were there in the specific room, I'm not sure whether it was 306 or 302 at the moment, but one of those rooms that was notorious for stories being told by people, and at one point, she started taking uh, photos on her phone, like her iPhone, and she said it's only when she got home and really looked at these photos that she took that she discovered a hooded figure in the window, which was three stories up. Wow. And the hotel has a book that they keep on the counter. They're not shy about it. You know, they're uh, interested in attracting people who have an interest in this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excuse me. And uh, uh, there's a book of people's experiences. And she said she thinks there's one or two similar reports in this book uh, about seeing a, a figure in the window three stories up looking in the window. So I saw this photo and I. And I feel that it is, it's valid, you know, as far as I can tell.
0: Wow. That's,
1: so that's my, one of my most recent.
0: That's incredible. I, I know, yeah. I've know i stayed in haunted hotels, too. And they do. And a lot of them do, you know, like their, their ghosts. They they do keep a register of stories. I know the last time I was at the Murphy's Hotel here in the Gold Country, she came out with stories that were only written down, you know, in the register and stuff. She has stories written on pieces of, of, of napkins and stuff to give to me
1: you know uh once upon a time hotels didn't dare to want you to even think (laughs) that it's possibly haunted do you remember those days
0: i remember those days
1: yeah and then all of a sudden now it's it's a great attraction people want to go to places that have allegedly have hauntings and they want to experience these things for themselves so it's now the rage rather than uh the enigma or the curse i would say
0: well as a psychologist why do people want to go to these places
1: well uh you know this is an evolving thing in our world views our paradigms uh i think as civilization matures and gets more scientific and understands things a little bit better. I think we're getting to the point where we're not so intimidated or worried about what people are going to think of us because we see there's so many instances of things happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: UFO reports are through the roof. Uh, people are not afraid to investigate and learn more. They're not afraid of ridicule so much anymore as They used to be. After all, ridicule was a way of keeping all this down, managing it. Uh, In the case of UFOs, we do know that the government's posture in the past, in the modern era of flying saucers and UFOs, uh, they tended to ridicule, uh, put down people who had these experiences, uh, so that you were afraid to really talk about it. You didn't want people to think that you were kooky. Mm -hmm. Now. People aren't worried about being labeled as kooks because it's in vogue now to investigate these strange things that are happening.
0: Yeah, I kind of I do agree with you with that, because I remember back 25 years ago, even going into a range of like, you know, to do something in in, in a certain city. When I had to go talk to to the city council and try to explain what we were doing, it was like walking on eggs, you know, to try to explain it. But now it's not like that at all. It's completely changed
1: they can't wait to have you visit
0: yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely so what about the truckers i mean truckers are on the road all the time so what kind of stories come you know come in from truckers
1: well that's a good question because truckers uh often are just crossing the country at night yeah uh the daytime is too busy and too hectic but uh, i was just recently on uh george nori's coast to coast program was uh Last week, last Tuesday night, and of course, people who call in, some of them are driving their rigs mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, and, you know, they see things, uh, odd things, unusual things, and of course, the programs, you know, the podcasts and the radio programs on these subjects uh, help keep them awake and help feed their curiosity and satisfy their curiosity. Well, I had one story, which just blew me away. I'll just uh, repeat that one. Sure. This one trucker said he saw a hitchhiker, mm-hmm. and he was thinking to himself, shall I offer this hitchhiker a ride or not? Well, it isn't as safe as it used to be. People aren't so eager to pick up hitchhikers, although it's a shame. It's too bad because most of them are just fine. But he decided he would better not. So he just waved, shined him on, just moved along and drove and drove and drove and drove some more. And then all of a sudden he spotted a hitchhiker in the distance and he drove up to this hitchhiker saying saying again, well, should I give him a ride? Probably not. And to his astonishment and horror, it was the same guy as the first hitchhiker. This is what he said it's the same guy. And he got terrified and he just floored his ring and just got out of there as fast as we possibly could. And I said, I was listening to this and I was thinking, wow, well, doesn't this sound less a paranormal thing than a glitch in the matrix.
2: Right.
1: You know, like a, blimp, a blip, a blip, a, a jump, a warp of, of the matrix, the theoretical, uh, you know consciousness uh fundamental stuff of the universe maybe having a burp and then you see the same hitchhiker at two different locations it was not possible said this driver that somebody could have picked up this person sped up ahead past them, covered all that distance and deposited the hitchhiker again on the highway so at face value you know really you don't Really see these people who are telling you the stories right. face to face, which is better, of course. But he sounded sincere. He sounded like he was for real. He sounded like it was reasonable and scary. Uh, but that—that that was an interesting case of a trucker's experience.
0: Well, I have my own actually, and uh, we were going on an investigation uh, for a newspaper article up in the foothills up here. And we were headed to a cemetery when one of my psychics and I were in the car. And as we came around this corner, we had a shadow man walk right in front of the car.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And he was so dark that he blocked out the lights from the headlights going, you know, completely. Wow. And then he just walked up this hill. So then I pulled over and I'm looking, and the hill was like the hill was really steep. So there's no way a human could have walked up that hill. But I swear to you, the right. flashlights did not penetrate the shadow guy at all.
1: Isn't it interesting when you think about this? We have so many different variations of paranormal expression.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's hard. It's not easy uh, to lump them together. I mean, it's, it's a question of how much variation and variety is there in the paranormal? And with our own frames of mind and perception of the universe, we seem to know so little. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've been around you know, in the modern era a hundred thousand years probably as humans, but in the modern technological era, less than a hundred years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think of ourselves thinking in terms analogous to seeing the universe in terms of earth air fire and water sure and i don't mean that in a belittling negative way i mean a thousand years from now we're going to have so many more concepts that have an understanding a lot more of the inner relationships among things today that seem so disparate Mm -hmm. uh we just don't know enough we don't have enough of a frame of mind should put this all together in a unified theory of everything would be, would it be nice to have a paranormal theory of everything where we knew how many different dimensions there were, uh, where we understood what it means to say that the universe may be made up of just consciousness. My goodness. And yet now we're toying with something that's very exciting, but frightening and that's called ready. AI, artificial oh, intelligence. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> How is that going to affect and impact the paranormal? Do you think?
0: And, I mean, right now, I mean, there's enough, and I hate to say it this way about the about the about the fakers, you know, because there's all those photo apps out there where they can put ghost places, you know, and, uh, that aren't real ghosts. And with the AI, I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, the people can create whatever they want, as far as that goes. You know, to, to create a ghost itself that's talking and walking and moving. And it's really frightening. And they would even interact with you and that makes it frightening. So it's gonna make it harder as far as the investigation goes to figure out what's real and what's not.
1: You know, when know AI starts trying to communicate with ghosts yeah. and apparitions.
0: That too, yeah. Boy, they might
1: just leave us in the lurch
0: absolutely i didn't even think about that until you said that
1: yeah boy yeah i have been thinking about it more because that's where we're hearing it from all corners and then we hear oh my god we're on chatbot 3.0 you know and i'm just sort of trying to get used to chatbot 1.0 right you know so this thing is just racing ahead with apparently very little control so who knows where this is going to lead
0: absolutely now that you say that too I, i'm still looking at sophie the robot you know
1: i was i was watching something on television and i saw a bunch of uh, robots out on a field a playing field playing soccer together of wow. all things and then one of these one of these robots they were like three feet tall one of them suddenly scored a goal and another robot fell down on the ground and i thought oh boy now what are we gonna get? And then I hear that the AI robots are beating people already and playing chess with them. So I hope these AI robots are well intentioned.
0: I do too. And you know <laughs> end up like Will Smith in that movie, you know? <laughs> um when we talk about the different things that people see when they're out on the road or, or that they come in contact with, it's not just ghosts, right? It's other things, too.
1: It's a whole range of other things. And we don't know how interrelated they are. We don't know if it's all on the same plane. I mean, we talk about portals. That's a word that's thrown around very, very loosely. But in essence, A portal seems to be a kind of an opening, maybe in the sky, as has been reported, for example, by people researching on the Skinwalker Ranch, where they've actually reported seeing entities crawling through an opening, a crack in the sky, Mm -hmm. a circle in the sky, a portal, so to speak. Now, so this opening to what? Uh, Is it a number of different parallel dimensions? Do these beings that seem to manage coming through openings or portals uh, similarly cross through and into other dimensions, other portals, other realms? If we only had an inkling of what's going on out there, I think we would be just flabbergasted.
0: What about cryptids? Do people see a lot of cryptids?
1: Uh, uh, please say that again.
0: What about cryptids? Do people see a lot of cryptids out there?
1: I, I didn't quite hear you because okay. of the little microphone problem okay. we're having, and my hearing isn't okay. as great as it used to be. So, okay.
0: I, What about things like the dog man? Do people see a lot of that? The
1: uh, dog man? Yeah. That I've heard. Mostly in the context of Skinwalker Ranch.
0: Okay.
1: One of the entities there, now whether that's just a, man, a choice of right. how some spirit or intelligence manifests itself, well, that's a very spooky kind of thing. And the way that it's presented themselves to people involved with the Skinwalker has been in a scary, intimidating way. Right. So it certainly hasn't been something that appears to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't know what the orientation of these beings are towards humans. Uh, we don't know whether they're here to help us, to hurt us, to help us develop, whether they are us right. in the future of some evolution. We know so little. You know, we're dealing with, most of us, three words for snow. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Inuit, northern native peoples of the world, are said to have, for example, hypothetically, 30 words for snow. Well, when we have a better framework to understand how many entities and beings there are out there interacting with us, won't that be something? We've got a lot to learn. We've yeah. got a great distance to go, don't we?
0: Yes, we do. I was just saying, what about people that are camping? Have you heard any stories about that?
1: Uh, yeah, yes, I have. Uh, I've had an interesting report or two about people that claim that motorcycles came and, and went round and round, 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 round their tents and then when morning came and these were no longer there there were no tracks there were no motorcycle tracks there were no signs that anything like that happened similarly i've had people talk about uh entities running across the highway for example A friend of mine, fellow researcher who lives in Hawaii, said that suddenly he was was driving on a highway and suddenly something ran across the tracks, ran across the highway. And he thought he was going to run into and hurt this uh, person, but it was just a spiritual entity. It was not alive. It was not a live person. So I have heard stories like that.
0: What's up? are there any real scary stories that that, that you have? Anything really scary?
1: Okay, I didn't quite get that, I'm sorry.
0: Okay, no problem. Are there any um, really scary stories that people have had?
1: You know, if you could rephrase that question. Do you have a way to get closer? Yes, sir. To the mouthpiece, I really feel it would help. Okay. have you That's heard? Better.
0: Have you heard any terrifying stories where people were really terrified? Uh,
1: uh, uh, where was that again?
0: Uh, have you heard any terrifying stories? You know, where people got really scared by whatever was 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 there.
1: Well, um, people have reported to me all manners of experiences uh, with entities, without entities, pure handles. Rattling, bed shaking, uh, black shadows, uh, an entity in a tree, which scared the hell out of a bunch of girls on a on a uh, outing. Uh, you know the uh, farm and uh, people that raise animals, 4-H, sure, an event. This this was a really interesting story because it involved a number of the girls that were there together, they all perceived this. Can I tell you that story? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. These girls were to participate in a 4-H outing in Oregon. It was in a rural area of Oregon. And it was like a big encampment with a number of cottages. And then one of the buildings was the bathroom Building and it was a couple hundred yards away from the cabins. So these girls were sharing a cabin together and they began to play uh, some kind of a spirit type of card game. It wasn't a Ouija board or anything quite like that, but it was with cards. And they started to ask questions, and so the cards would be dealt out and the cards would give a response to the question. Well, they said over time. The answers were always the same, mm-hmm. pointing to the same entity as such interacting with them. And it was a little scary and unnerving. And they also noticed that suddenly it was getting later in the day. Where did all the time go? You know, so they said, let's let's have enough of this. They're too spooky, too scary. So they decided, let's go out to the the uh, toilet bathroom cottage. And they started out on that, several of them and this one girl was ahead of the others and suddenly noticed something in the trees It looked like a human being wearing a long coat and a hat and looking down at her and staring at her and really frightening her and then it jumps down out of the trees onto the grounds. meanwhile a couple of the other girls saw that too and they ran right back To their cottage, and they said to their friend, Come on, Susie, run, run, come back, get away from there. And she does, and she finds this human like entity wearing a hat and a coat, like a raincoat, Mm -hmm. is running after her, behind her, as she's running back to the cottage. They get into the cottage, slam the door shut, it's dark now, no further sign of this entity. But they were really, totally frightened. Totally scared. They think it's all related to what they had been doing that afternoon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she made a point of it to try to uh, research the the so called entity that was up in a tree, like it was. And she found that what corresponded to it more than anything else was the so called hat man. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Kind
0: of like what we, what I saw that night.
1: Yeah, uh, I've got somebody trying to call me and I want to get rid of this. I don't know how to get rid of it. So you may hear a little deep on this end. I think the person will give up. Okay, we're okay. good. We're okay. good to go. Okay, that works.
0: Um, you talked about yeah, UFOs and alien encounters earlier. Do you have any of those?
1: Uh, uh, UFOs, Yeah. Uh, people having UFO experience. I've interviewed many, many, many people. Uh, about the UFO subject, including some of the famous old-timer ufologists that are no longer with us. For example, I interviewed J. Allen Hynek. I interviewed Stanton Friedman. I interviewed Jesse Marcel Jr. Uh, others who are uh, still very much alive. I've inter- interviewed Dr. Richard Haynes. Uh, I've interviewed pilots that claim that they've seen uh, UFOs or had strange experiences while polling aircraft. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been active in the MUFON, M-U-F-O-N, Mutual UFO Network. I was once a state director for Hawaii uh, for 10 years or so for the MUFON organization. And I was uh, appointed by the founder of MUFON uh, as an ambassador at large for MUFON which was kind of an honorary thing, but it was at the time when I was traveling so much as I was that uh, I got appointed
0: to this honorable position as ambassador at large. Nice.
1: Yeah, and that was fun for me. And we had at times in the MUFON organization after the major annual symposium that we would attend, we had the meetings with a lot of the, Ufologists that were there, some of the famous people, some of the speakers, uh, a round table was called a, a UFO Invitational Discussion Group for a few hours where we would each have up to, say, three minutes to talk about a subject or a question. That was fun. And uh, I was going to take that over, but it did. Uh, not continue for
0: one reason or another let me ask you this is there a lot of ufo activity in hawaii because i i live in northern california by Shasta, you know and there's a lot of reports by Shasta. that's a volcano so that's why right. i have that question there's a lot of volcanoes in hawaii so is there a lot of activity for ufos there
1: yeah first i want to say that i uh, used to live in ashland oregon which was not that far from Mount Shasta. So I I often went through Mount Shasta and met up with a fellow researcher who lived in Cedarville, California. Uh, So I'm familiar with the Mount Shasta area and Southern Oregon had, Oregon had plenty of uh, UFO activity. When I lived in Hawaii, there was continual UFO activity. I have heard some of the most incredible stories Uh, that people have told me about their UFO experiences in Hawaii. Uh, So being out there in the middle of the Pacific, uh, late at night or sometimes even in the daytime, you would hear accounts of people about their UFO experiences. Also interestingly, the history and culture of Hawaii had uh, quite a bit of paranormal connection spiritual connection so i feel some of the stories of people who i've interviewed have told me some stories that have apparent connections to the ancient hawaiian spiritual presence Mm -hmm. in hawaii so they've had encounters with they feel were spiritual encounters with uh, entities from Hawaii's past
0: that's absolutely fascinating
1: it is that's uh some of those stories are in uh, this latest book that i wrote called travel tales ghost encounters can i tell people where they can view uh, some of the things i've written in case they're interested
0: absolutely
1: yeah uh, a simple way to go look at some of this and see a little description of for example this Recent book on ghost encounters is you go to Books to Read. That's B O O K S, the number two, read, R E A D dot com, books to read dot com, forward slash, and then my name, Michael, M I C H A E L, hyphen, and my last name, B R E I M. So uh, that uh, will allow you to take a look at. Some of the things we we're talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, see some of the descriptions of what I have to say. A lot of what I've researched and worked on, of course, is the psychology of travel.
2: Right,
1: where I've written a number of things, mainly on the, about being safe and secure in traveling, but also what is it about travel that that uh, makes us who we are, and why do we like to travel? That's all that. Uh, but again, I say that a certain percentage of the stories are on all, all these unusual books, uh, stories, which I call the Road to Strange series, which I wrote a couple of books along with together as co-authors. Do you remember Rosemary Ellen Guiley? Yes. Yes, Rosemary was my co-author partner in a, in a couple of books. And then we sadly lost Rosemary in 2018. And I tried to continue this. Uh, but I I laughed because Rosemary used to say to me, Michael, when you publish a book, it should be about 250 pages or so. And I said to Rosemary, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. when I picked up The Road to Strange, I added two more books to the series. Now there's four. And the two new books are between five and 600 pages. Wow. Because I just couldn't stop. Right. Uh, one was called... Travel Tales, I'm sorry, The Road to Strange, the Contiguous Universe, which is a collection of stories of about 40 people, including myself, who have had either a lifetime of paranormal and or UFO experiences. Me, I personally had paranormal things happen to me. So I'm a subject of my own book, but I've had uh, I have included people who have had a mixture of both kinds of experiences. And I'm trying to understand a little more of what makes people tick in terms of having paranormal or UFO experiences. The last or most recent book in that series, uh, The Road to Strange, A Psychic Reader, is a collection of a whole range of paranormal experiences that people have. Uh, all the ones I could gather mainly and then of course this one which is more in the Travel sales, True Travel Tales series uh-huh. called Travel Tales Ghost Encounters is more or less strictly what's involved with, uh, with uh, apparitions and ghost experiences and poltergeists and that because there's so much, there's so many different areas to focus on uh, you can't put it all in one book.
0: Absolutely. You know, you brought something up just now that I didn't even think about. What's it like, you know, with your training as a psychologist and then you seeing paranormal stuff, how is that for you? Do, do you look at it logically, or how do you look at it? Well,
1: that's really a good question, and I want to say this. Um, I had It's like a, a, a person standing at the end of the dock and has one foot in the boat and mm-hmm. one foot on the dock. Well, that boat could take off. The paranormal UFO boat could take off. And what will you do? You could fall in the water. Well, for me, I was always intrigued by these other kinds of experiences. And I felt that the science of psychology, the science of sociology, all the social sciences, astronomy, you know, they didn't want to know about anything that they couldn't publish a paper and get it published in a in a journal a recognized journal they were always worried and concerned about their careers what will happen to them if they venture too far off into the unknown so they largely uh, shied away from all of it but being as i was curious intellectually curious
2: Mm -hmm. about these things which i was not willing to just throw away UFO and paranormal babies
1: with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. No, I sensed that there was important things happening. And knowing that I full well personally had a number of my own paranormal and psychic experiences that I was absolutely certain they were real for me, I had to be open to studying and looking into a whole range of experiences. And having done that, I'm in the same boat, so to speak, as so many of the famous ufologists and paranormal researchers who came from the sciences, who were not afraid to get out there and follow their research instincts. So, you know, it takes a a special kind of person to be able to shove these scary things about career aside and just follow the data, follow the research. That's... How I did it. That's how I approach it.
0: Now, when you talk about following the research, was it hard to get people to talk to you about their experiences?
1: No, because uh, very easy, as a matter of fact, because they felt that I was really open and welcoming to them, and not going to be critical of them and uh, hear them out. Uh, because most, if not all, of these people were very intent to assure you that they know what they saw. Mm -hmm. I have a favorite little mantra, and it goes like this. I know what I saw. I know what I saw. I know what I saw.
0: (laughs) That makes sense. I wanted to ask you about your personal paranormal experiences. Can you share one with me?
1: Yes, I will share a few. I want to say that I've had paranormal experiences back fairly early in my life and some of these centered around uh, the passing of relatives Mm -hmm. and the passing of an occasional friend that uh, I'm absolutely certain in my own mind and way of thinking about this that I had the foreknowledge of the passing of my mother and my father and uh, a couple of other relatives and friends Uh, but Interestingly, I've had a variety of psychic experiences. The other most prominent psychic experience that I've had has been synchronicity. Uh, That is things happening seemingly by chance that are too meaningful to you to write them off as simply a chance occurrence. For example, just running into somebody in two different places where you just didn't think it's possible, how this happened, right. it gets your attention. But I'll tell you what, in my life, I've had one, I'm going to say quintuple, synchronously, and I'll share that story. Sure. That is like five different improbable coincidences happening all together, all interrelated, not by chance or seemingly by chance, and I thought, not possible. Would you like to hear that one?
0: Absolutely.
1: All right, so at one point in time, I was living on a llama ranch. I had a llama ranch in Southern Oregon, outside of Ashland. And I lived up in this hill, up in the wilderness area there, outside of Ashland. And I was about ready to go from there to New York City at the end of May one year to a book fair. At that time, I had written a series of travel guides to sightseeing by public transportation. So I was going to go to a book fair in New York City at the end of May. But on the way, I was going to stop off and visit my sister and her family in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, and then take the train to New York. So I'm there, I'm visiting my sister. I get on the train. This is the, oh, on the plane coming to Philadelphia. I picked up. The uh, United Airlines Hemisphere Monthly magazine, thinking I'll stash it away in my attach case mm-hmm. and write to them and ask them, Would you like to review and learn about my travel guide series? Because so I'm by public transportation. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even look at the magazine. It was the May issue. I put it away. Okay, I'm on the train now at the end of May on my way from Philadelphia to the book fair in New York, Book Expo America. And I am passing towns, and I see a sign at a train station. The train zips on past, and it says, Rahway, New Jersey. You are now passing through Rahway, New Jersey. Okay, and I thought, like a lot of us would do, I know somebody from Rahway, New Jersey. (laughs) So I followed that away in the back of my mind. I knew a guy in a fraternity at Carnegie Mellon University where I went. One year in 1959, and knew him. He was from Raleigh, New Jersey. I just remembered it. That's cool. Piece yeah. of trivia. Is that funny? That's All right. Great. Get to the book fair. The book fair is over on that Sunday. It's now June 1st, June, and I'm on the United flight from New York back to Oregon, Metro Oregon, to return home. And I pick up the June issue, the new issue of Hemispheres, and put that in my attaché case. I now get home. I walk in. I see a pile of mail on the counter. And here's where it gets interesting. On the counter is a big white envelope. I open it up. And it's, oh, it's the June issue of Hemispheres magazine. (laughs) Oh. And there's a card staple on it. See page, say, 24, I don't remember which page it was. Open it up, and what do I see? A review of my travel guides. Wow, that is crazy. So I think, whoa, 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 that's interesting. (laughs) All right, I now get this. I now go upstairs to my loft office and computer to see what emails have I had while I've been away, and did I get any orders for my travel guides. And lo and behold, other times, I could get an order from Spain or Mexico or Kansas, you know. So I look and I say, Oh, here's an order. Oh, where is this from? It's from down the street. The order is from Ashland, Oregon. I never got an internet order from Ashland, Oregon, where I live. Wow. And these people these people said they wanted two copies of them, two different cities. So I emailed back, and it gets better. I said, Would you like me to personally deliver these to you? Or would you like to visit a llama ranch outside of town and pick them up? And they said, We'll pick them up. All right, so they're on there. They're going to come by in a day or so, or maybe later. I forget when that was. And then I look at the name of the people, and it was the wife that had ordered it on the email. And her last name, you ready? For this was the same last name as the person I knew 42 years earlier at Carnegie Mellon University from Rahway, New Jersey.
0: Wow, that's so. Crazy. I
1: emailed back. let's this? I emailed back and I said, "Are you married to a person by the name of Jen, Jan J A N Chakin, C H A I K E and I get a phone call, and the voice, I recognize the voice on the other end of the line. I recognize it. And the voice says, I would be that Jan Chicken from Raleigh, New Jersey.
0: Whoa. Wow. And
1: so they came over. I sang him the fraternity song, and I don't remember the words to songs, but I knew that one because when I was being hazed, I had to sing it all night long so uh that's like five different interrelated things connected to the guides i said how did you happen to hear about the travel guides and they said oh oh, we uh do statistical research for the new york subway system and we thought this was interesting what you do so we ordered it after seeing the hemisphere magazine article
0: (laughs) that's insane
1: that is yeah how do you how do you rack this up to chance and coincidence?
0: That is incredible.
1: Wow. Right. I, had, I had two other, I will say triple, two or three other triple coincidences, triple synchronicities, and lots of individual ones with just two spectacular coincidences. I've also had an experience with some other college kids at the time with telepathy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And They were claiming I was guessing what they were thinking of, Mm -hmm. but I also know that they were guessing things I was thinking of. So it was a two way street. So I'm one of my own subjects in this book of people with multiple experiences. And I wonder if there are things we can learn uh, uh, from people who have had a mixture of different kinds of experiences. What are they like as people? Right. What are they like as storytellers? You know, this kind of thing.
0: Right it sounds like you really enjoy what you do and i I think that's wonderful
1: i love it i love doing it and i and i enjoy collecting these stories and and writing them up and organizing them in ways that are entertaining but ways that illustrate i think things that we're learning more more about as far as the paranormal as far as ufos go and as part of travel I was, for a while, the only person really looking at what the psychology of travel is all about, and I've Mm -hmm. really come up with some new and interesting things that most people don't realize, and there was another person that calls herself a travel psychologist who's from England, and she's a clinical psychologist, and she got in touch with me, and it's funny because I invented the term. I'm the first one, and she kind of... Yeah, it feels like she's venerating me, you know, like, <laughs> "Oh my God, you're the first one that came up with this." So it's funny, uh, but we're we're colleagues now. We'll probably uh, cooperate and, and see if we can't do something together, right? You know, in the field,
0: right? If somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, I want to, I want to take a trip to to a real haunted location," where would you send them?
1: I would say, well, I encourage you to go anywhere and explore, you know, your interests and desires and and to kind of move up the famous old needs hierarchy that was invented by Abraham Maslow called the needs pyramid. Uh We've all had that in our beginning psychology courses, which says basically that we're striving to satisfy our human needs from the most basic ones, maybe first like safety and security, up to becoming more of who we have the potential of becoming. And so I've always felt from the very beginning that the satisfaction of human needs from basic, more explorative and broadening ourselves is something that travel is really good for, that travel really does, that travel really helps you grow personally. And so I found now I am marrying the idea uh that paranormal experiences and psychic things are things that you can happen that you can have happen to you while you're traveling and maybe perhaps some of us are not some of us are in fact attracted to doing traveling Mm -hmm. uh, maybe because some of these inner needs and desires are surfacing a quick example of this are people who go to some of these countries say like england in Ireland and Scotland, the British Isles, where they feel they've had some connection to the notion of a past life. You know, I think some people are drawn overseas to to view these megaliths in countries that have certain spiritual effects that we don't entirely understand. So I feel like I've begun to see how travel and the paranormal And to some extent, ufology are all tied in a little bit together, you know? You can expand. You can learn more. Travel just helps us grow personally in all aspects of our lives.
0: Absolutely. So what's next for you?
1: What's next is uh, I'm just publishing some more books. I just published another one uh, fairly recently on uh, Travel Tales Hawaii paradox and Paradise, which is loaded with the, the paranormal stuff of Hawaii, because that's what people have told me about Hawaii, and I lived in Hawaii. Uh-huh. So, but it's not just the paranormal; it's it's what a uh, travel experience to the Hawaiian Islands is like, including plenty of accounts of uh, of the paranormal, ghosts, and the paranormal. So, I'm writing more books in my series. i increasingly writing them and, and covering different uh, geographic areas around the world and different topics of the experiences of travel like mainly safety and security, but I've mm-hmm. got a book of funniest stories. People have told me about their travels. I have a book on the scariest stories that people have told me about their travels. And then I have the road to strange series. Awesome. Again, that's bookstoread.com forward slash Michael hyphen Brian, B-R-E-I-N.
0: Fantastic. Michael, it is always fun to have you on. Thank you for coming back.
1: It's been great fun, and I look forward to maybe doing this again in the future. I would Thanks love to. much. so much. I
0: would, okay, thank you so much. You have a great rest of your evening, sir.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, guys, that was Michael Green. Let me get back on the screen here. I'm sorry, Michael Bryan. I said it. I said it, Michael. Michael Bryan. They i always screen up names. It's just how I am. Anyway, I want to thank him for coming again. I really appreciate it. In fact, when he gets it done, you guys know how I am about Hawaii. So already the bells are going off for the um, book about Hawaii. Just, just sit down and talk to him about that because, you know, that, that would be really fun. But Michael Bryan, thank you so much for coming. We'll, we'll get him back on at some point in the future. Uh, and that wasn't too bad a test with the uh, new system for the phone. Um, let me get around the phone real quick because I know the last time we did this, we had the, the because I, the way I changed the mic positioning in here, this mic was picking up what was going on on the phone as well as the other mics. We were getting a lot of echo and stuff, so that worked out. But anyhow, um, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight, and I hope you got as much out of this as I did. I mean, as a as a paranormal investigator, we're forever going to haunted hotels deliberately, you know. But like he says. Some, you know, like anything else, some people just kind of stumble upon a haunted hotel. Some people are intrigued and some, <laughs> some aren't, you know. But uh, I've, stayed, I've, I've stayed in my fair share of, of haunted locations and stayed the night. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some more of that. The team is going it, to film it. But, anyway, I want to thank everybody. Tomorrow night, our good friend Mary Muter is going to be with us. She's also into ghosts. She, she purchased a haunted castle. Up in uh, up near up near Connecticut area, and she always has a lot of cool stories to tell because she she's remodeling that place. She last time we talked, or she was remodeling the place, and she had all kinds of activity going on. So she's going to be talking to us about that. Plus, she went on a a, a ghost hunt with a paranormal team, and uh she has stories to tell us about that. And then that, that was at, an old, at some old hotel up up in that area. So she's going to talk, you know, tell us about that. Plus, she's a chocolatier. She makes the best chocolate. I'll tell you the best chocolate now, that'll be tomorrow 6 30 p.m our usual time to be on and i I hope you guys join us because usually when the marion on it's, it's a really fun time and you know that almost feels like a friday when she's on because it's so relaxing but uh, i want to thank you all for coming tonight and again if you're watching from facebook and you like what you saw tonight please be please be sure to leave me some happy faces and some thumbs up or whatever else you can leave me uh you know, keep us going out there keep us in that rhythm and also, if you haven't done so already and you like what you see, please be sure to follow. Uh, we have a lot of California Haunts pages over on Facebook that you can follow. So please do that. Do follow. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, California Haunts Radio on YouTube. And if you uh, like what you heard tonight again, you, know, you, you can check out so, some of our other videos as well. Uh, in fact, we're coming up in um, six more episodes. It's going to be our 200th show for this season. Right? This is our third season, our 200th show. So that's pretty cool. All right. So we'll be looking over to do a couple special things for that show. But uh, yeah, again, if you want to watch us on YouTube, you know, California Haunts Read you on YouTube, all kinds of videos, all kinds of topics. We're also on TikTok under California Haunts. We're also on Instagram. You can find me at Ghosty Gal, and it's all lowercase. Uh, we're also over on uh, Twitter, and that's under, I believe, Cal Haunts or California Haunts. I get lost on these things. And we're also over at Twitch because we got an audience watching us from Twitch tonight as well. So, yeah, check us out in those places. You know, if you happen to be over those places, that's that's great. And like I said, I'm going to get the Discord information up starting tomorrow so you guys can join me over at Discord. Because I don't stop working until 2, 3 in the morning. So I'm up all, so I'm up at the nights and I'm chit-chatting with people and whatnot all night. So, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's pretty fun. Okay, and uh, the Patreon that's coming along, there's a glitch with the Patreon right now that they're trying to figure out, because my goal with the Patreon is that when I do a pre-recorded show, uh, for the members of, of the Patreon, that's their bene- it's one of their benefits, is that they get to see the show two weeks before everybody else does. So, um, we've been having some issues with that, and uh, getting that to work right, it worked right the first couple sh- you know, uh, shows I put up there, but now they're having issues, so. And they said it's on their end, so they're trying to figure all that out. Okay, everything being said, I'm tired, you're tired, and uh, I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great evening.